I could just listen to that all morning. Good tunes from the Eagles. Greg Mace is sitting in for Rich Gerard, who is not vacationing, I'm being instructed. He was out working at something else today. He asked me to sit in for him. And uh, we were just chatting about the new iPhones that are just out on the street today. Uh, they were announced yesterday, and uh, they've got uh, the iPhone 8, which is uh, the 8 and the 8 Plus. Um, basically, the iPhone 8, basically all you need to know, faster processor, better battery, uh, fancier, uh, it's, uh, so it's faster, quicker, better, better battery, supposedly better battery life, uh, screen's about the same size, 4.7 inches. Um, it's got uh, the two versions, basically an upgrade. So the two versions, 8 and the 8 Plus. Um, still no headphone jack. Uh, it supports wireless charging, and uh, it will support the USB-C uh, charging, the new USB standard. And um, the camera systems, uh, it will, the uh, Plus has got the dual camera system now so that you can um, you know, do the fancy uh, 3D scan cameras, which... Uh, or the news, the newest thing coming out. The X, however, the big news with the X is that it's all screen. There is no more home button on the X. So the the uh, home button that we've all come to know and love, and that we can, we can read your fingerprint and unlock the phone for you, gone. Zolo, that's gone. Basically, the new phone scans your face, decides if it likes you. If it likes you, it will unlock the phone. So. Uh, it, it does face capture and face scanning, and it decides by looking at you if you are the owner. So I, I don't know what that could mean. I could imagine some pretty interesting experiences with that. Uh, so for a thousand bucks, you have a phone that can look at you, and you can look back at it, and it can decide if it wants to talk to you or not. <laughs> Josh, what do you think of that? Is that going to be something I could see you running out and spending a grand for that tool? I'd spend two grand. Oh, two grand. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. I'm and wondering when the they're 3D, going to get rid of the... It's got the 3D imaging. Go ahead. Yeah. I'm glad that they're getting rid of all of their features. I'm wondering when they're going to get rid of the actual physical structure of the phone. I know. Yeah. You just put it'll a just chip be like in your a body. hologram. Yeah. Yeah. Just put a chip in your body and you'll be, you know, you'll be right up there with it. Perfect. My ears I think, are already yeah. ringing up. What do we need a phone for? Yeah. I mean, you know, what, you know where Google Glass went. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that worked out real well. I think we should go back to the days of pigeons. Of what? Pigeons. Just write a pigeons. little letter and pigeons. attach it to the foot of a pigeon and pigeons. be gone. Too much, too much waste yeah. in the wrong places, yeah. actually, with the pigeons. Uh, I mean, for how many pigeons could you get for $1,000, you know? <laughs> I remember when fax was a new technology. Ah! Fax? fax you, oh, oh. Yeah, well, there was a thing that you could put a piece of oh, yeah. paper in a... Yeah, Greg, I'm a lot older than I come look. Out the other side, yeah, it would... Yeah. I used to have a beeper. A beeper. Right. Yep. Right. A pager. Yeah. Remember that? Yeah. It was work mandated, but. Yeah. Remember, and it would, when somebody wanted to talk to you, it would beep. And you had to, what did you, did you read the codes like a Morse code or how would that work? Well, I, I had it at work, so it would beep when I needed to do more work. <laughs> so it was never a good thing. <laughs> and then you had to go find a phone to call in. Oh, we were very technologically advanced. It would alert us that we needed to go into the computer. Ah. Yep. Oh, okay. So when somebody beeped, that was the time you needed yeah, to Yeah, and those in computers back in the day, they had headphone jacks. Those are the good old days. Headphone jacks. Oh, something you had to plug into. 
Yeah, or oh, no, yeah, they don't do that anymore. Into. The iPhones like osmosis. What? You know, I really don't like that about the new iPhone. I hate it too. Yeah, I I'm big on headphones. Yeah, I use a lot of uh, wireless headphones now, but you know, I use wireless all the time. But the Bluetooth, I, I have a lot of trouble with Bluetooth. I don't yeah. know why, but the um, when I move my phone, the the Bluetooth headsets I use for some reason or other. When I put the phone down on the desk or move it away from my body, the, the headsets seem to lose connection. Or oh, they really? don't lose connection, but the connection degrades. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There, there definitely is a degradation of quality. Yeah. And, you know, you know, just moving a foot away. You know, people can't. Then you have to so you have to put it closer to your body. But anyway, so the new iPhone's on the street. And if, you, uh, if, you've, if you've just got 1000 bucks burning in your pocket, uh, the new models won't be out until November. So you've got a little time to save up. Um, but they look exciting. I think uh, Apple's coming out, and they're making a big investment in wireless charging. They're going to have Air Charge. I think next year they're going to be selling a big uh, all of the all of the new uh, forthcoming stuff from Apple headphones. Um, the uh, the iPhone itself uh, will be wireless, so that you'll be able to put them on. Um, you know, you'll be able to set them down on a tablet or you know some kind of a pad that will will wirelessly charge them. And uh, if you want to buy the 256 gigabyte X version, um, the cost will jump to, I think, about $1,100. Pre-orders start on October 27th, so I can see if there'll be a line out for that. seems like a lot of money for a phablet, $1,100. I think uh, the other big announcement yesterday, of course, was the Series 3 um, uh, Apple Watch, which is now a phone. So you can now make the Series Three um, iWatch, or what do they call it? What do they call that watch? The uh, the Apple Watch is out. The Series Three, and it is now the phone. It is now a phone in and of itself, and so you can actually make calls directly from the phone, just like Dick Tracy. Um, and you can also use it to record baseball signs. They say. Um, apparently, the uh, Red Sox have learned how to pick up the signs from the opposing team with an Apple Watch. Um, so that feature is built right into an app now. They have a, a sign-picking-up app. And uh, the, the uh, Red Sox are the first ones to uh, beta test that. Um, pioneers. Pioneers, yeah. yeah. So they somebody wrote an app for picking up the uh, signs of the opposing team. Red Sox have successfully beta tested it. And uh, that's uh, on the iWatch as well. So if you uh, have an Apple Watch and you are a member of a, a baseball team of perhaps in your own hometown softball team. Um, it's called, uh, what is it called? It's called Sign sign, sign Picker Upper. Mm. Literally Something. taking one for the team, Greg. Yeah. <laughs> so, so the Red Sox have actually beta tested it. It's working pretty good, apparently. Um, so the Series 3 is actually a phone in and of itself. Uh, if you are in the, in the Apple world and you want to pick up a Series 3 watch, I don't know what the cost of that is, but... Um, the uh, the iWatch is out there. If you are a fan of um, the movie Gravity, I'm not sure how many people saw that, but it had Sandra Bullock and it had uh, George Clooney. It's a fabulous movie. Uh, I really don't know how they shot it, but basically what happened was it um, it was a movie that postulated the problems that might exist if if um, you know a rocket collided. You know, a, a, a booster collided with a satellite and sent a cloud of debris into orbit. Um, basically, what happened is is that this cloud of debris started impacting 
it went up high enough to start impacting the ISS, the Chinese stations. Um, and it, it was the tale of how two astronauts were able to survive when, you know, the debris field uh, just wiped out their entire support system. They wiped out the shuttle, wiped out the ISS. Great movie. I highly recommend it. However, reality is beginning to catch up because uh, this year uh, a single rocket was launched from India and it flung 104 small satellites into space. The second Indian effort last June put 30 into orbit. So each one was roughly the size of a coffee can. What's happening is is that uh, many uh, small satellites, which are are turning into swarms, um, you know, are set up for you know, communication satellites. Basically, each one is a small communication system. They are, basically what's happening is is that um, these are swarms of small satellites and they increase the risk of collision for a lot of the big satellites that are basically giving us all Facebook (laughs) or, more importantly, GPS. Um, There may be another 20,000 or so small satellites launched into a narrow band of space around Earth which is more than 10 times the number of all working satellites in orbit today. There's just basically no room for everything uh, because there's a small band uh, of space around the Earth that's the optimal place to be if you want to be a communications satellite. And so what's happening is is we're literally running out of room. The growth is being spurred by advances in miniaturization, low-cost electronics, and rocketry. So a lot of companies, um, private industries, space agencies – Uh, sometimes elementary school kids are jockeying to get out into space with their projects. Uh, Some of them get abandoned and are left in orbit. They don't don't come back down. Um, There's thousands and thousands of pieces of debris left over from, you know, how many ever years we've been putting stuff up there. Um, When rockets get launched, pieces of those uh, boosters, um, not all of them return to Earth. Some of them uh, get boosted high enough uh, when the rockets are used up or the fuel is used up, when they come up out of the gravity well, uh, they just they just hang around on Earth. They hang around in orbit. And uh, the United States uh, tracks a lot of that stuff. And there are thousands of, I think the United States Air Force tracks about 23,000 objects in Earth about the size of a baseball. New Boston has a tracking station that helps in that effort right here in New Boston, New Hampshire. Um but it's derelict rocket parts or decommissioned spacecraft, wreckage. Um, there could be millions more bits and pieces up there that are too small even to track. This stuff is moving at around 20,000 miles per hour, and if any of it hits you, it ain't stopping. It's, you know, pass right through you like, you know, like you're not even there. Um, and it can be definitely hazardous to the health of, uh, of satellites. And the problem is that nobody really knows what to do with it. It's becoming a real traffic jam. And so a lot of satellites that are used for communications, a lot of satellites that are used for critical functions, things that we've become to rely on like GPS are at risk. So the, the question is what are we going to do about it? Um, you, you know, orbital speeds are 20,000. What is – I think orbital speeds are at least 17,000 miles an hour, I think. And I'm, I'm digging deep into my f- physics, my science uh, education going back <clears throat> more years than I care to count. But, um, you know, the kinetic equivalent of an object, even a t- 
tiny object moving at that kind of speed is, I, you know, I couldn't even do the math, but it must be pretty serious. Um, the bottom line is, is that if you, the, the, the problem that we have is how you're going to, how you're going to collect all that junk and get it back into orbit to burn up safely back into earth. Um, last year, a scrap barely big enough, bigger than a grain of salt, actually damaged the European Space Agency's Sentinel B1 satellite, 1B satellite. It knocked off five pieces that narrowly missed a nearby satellite. Um, something else hit the ACM telecommunications satellite, um, so disrupted data over uh, U.S. and Mexico. Um, there's been several incidents when um, solar panels and other pieces on the ISS have been damaged by small pellets of things that have blown through it. The um, um, the problem is very serious, um, and nobody knows, you know, what the what's good. There is a graveyard orbit where it won't threaten other spacecraft. So the the growing debris in orbit, it's going to make some space unusable, uh, which would impact everybody. Everybody uses a mobile phone. Everybody who's got television relies on rev- forecasts. Um, generally, space operations are governed by a patchwork of voluntary guidelines, but uh, domestic policies and laws designed for an early generation of space flight. Uh, but everybody in the world launching up there, and there's no single uh, unifying authority that, to manage it all. Uh, so it's going to be a problem. There's, there's going to be a time when uh, putting space, uh, putting uh, people or objects up into space, one of the biggest hazards you're going to face is junk because space, access to space has never been easier. Um, you're going to find that you know, you're going to get hit by a, you know, a satellite the size of a washing machine or the size of a poker chip. Um, man-made meteors. Man-made meteors. That's going to end up being a problem. So they're going to find somebody's going to find an answer to this, and they're going to make money cleaning it up. Um, it's amazing how small sat- some satellites can be. The um, I, apparently they've got things called CubeSats now. Um, there's a thing called a CubeSat, which is based on a student-created standardized design. Uh, as little as $40,000 each compared to an average of $100 million or so for custom build. Man, how about that? You could, I could see some kind of a, a college investing in, in building a CubeSat. Um, the four-inch cubes that can be stacked like Legos. CubeSats are so appealing because they are a kit, and you are not having to design everything for yourself. So I wonder how you get a CubeSat into space. You gather what it could be set up to gather weather data, track aircraft, monitor factory activity, or conducting space. Isn't that amazing? It's like drones. You know, the 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 whole drone industry has really done a job on helicopters because uh, drones are taking over the job that you know the helicopter people used to do. Um, you know, the drone industry has just been just exploded. Small people, uh, you know, small operators can run a small fleet of drones and do all many of the jobs that you used to have to hire a helicopter to do. I'm Greg Mason. I'm sitting in for Rich Gerard here at the Gerard Allard Show at WLMW this morning, 90.7. Thanks for joining us. If you'd like to call and uh, join the conversation, 606-6762 is our number. Please give us a call.